I want the people that I interact with to feel seen Mm. and to feel heard because I've had times where, you know, I feel like I'm in a room and it's a white room and there's all these people and I'm like shouting and nobody hears me. And I know how awful that feels. So I want the people in my life, whether it's professional or personal, to feel like they're seen and they're heard. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Chapter 20-something with me, Kylie McDonald. Hope you are having a wonderful, wonderful day. I am kinda, I don't know, I'm just feeling kind of tired today. And actually, I don't think I've ever done this before. But literally, I don't know, a half hour ago, I got to the gym, like drove to the gym. Didn't want to go, but I, you know, was like, alright, we're going to the gym. Put my stuff down in the locker room, started to get changed, and then I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this today. And um, I grabbed my stuff and just walked out. (laughs) Which is so, like, I feel like I'm the person who's like, yeah, you got to go after what you want. No excuses. But sometimes if you're feeling tired, if you're feeling like you just want to be lazy for an hour instead of just forcing yourself to work out a little bit, that's okay too. It really is. And um, it's nice out, so I took a little walk which is not the equivalent, but it's something. And you know what? You got to listen to your body. I'm not feeling great today. My body needs rest today, and that is okay. I'm also frustrated because <laughs> um, I watched the Oscars last night. Um, I don't know who out there did as well, but the Oscars are my Super Bowl. I love them. I get so invested. This year clearly was a little bit different. We didn't have theaters. I didn't see the majority of the movies. I don't know. I just wasn't as invested this year. But clearly, neither was the production team. Um, I don't know what was going on. It's like ABC, which it was aired on. I don't know if they didn't have rights to the movie clips or something. But, you know, instead of showing the little clip for each nominee highlighting their work, they shared like a short story about why they love film, which is cool. And I like the I like the idea of it. But when you're on your 20th short story and you haven't seen one movie clip, you're like, just what is going on? I don't know. But what really makes me frustrated is I wasn't going to miss the Oscars. I watch them every year, like I said, Super Bowl. But I don't have cable and the ABC.com live stream was not working for some reason. So I took it upon myself to be like, nope, this is not going to get to me. I'm going to find a way to upgrade to Hulu TV Live, which is literally like $65. So it made me pay the difference, which was like $45, which was just a stupid decision anyway. I should not be spending $45 randomly to watch one television event. Like, Kylie, come on. But then the fact that the show itself was just so boring, and I'm like, come on. And I'm not, you know what? Congratulations to all the winners. I know it's a very important night, but from the audience's perspective, it just wasn't the best. So my roommate was watching. She's like, why are you watching this? Like, this is really boring. And I'm like, well, I literally just paid 50 bucks to watch it. So you bet I'm going to sit here and watch the whole damn thing. And I did. And at the end of it, I was like, well, worth it? No. But you know what? You'll live and you learn, I guess. I would do it again because that's how much I love award shows. I don't know. It's guilty pleasure, I guess, but I do. I feel like I sound super negative right now. I'm actually not. I guess this is my little vent session for the day. You're allowed to have that too. Anyway, today on the show, switching gears because this is a very fun, positive episode, episode, we have Amanda Serzega. She is an educator and she is a virtual spin instructor so we get into everything she does and um 
we get into a lot of topics, you know, having to do with social justice that I didn't really expect to cover in this episode, but we did. And that's why I love these long-ended conversations because you just never know where they're going to lead and what ground you're going to cover. You know, it was just really great to discuss these things with her. So I know you guys will enjoy this episode, learn something from it, and just get something from her great attitude. And definitely make sure to let me know what you think. What you think, of course. Rate, review, subscribe, do all that good stuff. Follow the podcast on Instagram at chapter20somethingpod. You could follow me, official Kylie McDonald. And you could follow Amanda at Amanda underscore S-I-E-R-Z. And that's where she has all of her spin classes as well. So definitely go check her out. Yeah, guys, we have some cool guests coming up in the future. Also, don't forget, if you are interested in coming on the show, feel free to reach out to me. I'm starting to do a new round of like looking for new people, new guests. So definitely feel free to reach out. And yeah, other than that, guys, do something good for yourself. Listen to your body and have a great week. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Much love. Bye. We have Amanda Sierzega. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm so excited too. Okay, first of all, congratulations. You just got engaged. Thank you. Oh my God. It so was like exciting. what? A few days ago, right? Mm-hmm. I got engaged on Saturday. So it was four days from today. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay, so can I ask like of what course. happened, what he did, all that? Of course. It's actually so funny because it ended up being a very eventful day. We grew up together, my fiance, which is so weird. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, my, we grew up together um, and his grandparents and my parents were neighbors for like 35 years. Oh, wow. So we've known each other for a really long time. We've been dating for a long time for six years, which I know so a lot of people date even longer, but um, it was my parents' wedding anniversary and it was also my dad's dad's birthday. I think he would have been 86 if he were still alive. So it was like, you know, a meaningful day. And then we took a socially distanced day trip to um, the beach. And we went to the beach that my mom's sister took us to like one summer um, when she was still alive. And we've gone every year since then. So it was like a lot of like sentimental little things. And we were at the inlet and I like kind of knew it was going to happen. And even we stopped to get lunch on the way up and he was like, oh, are you nervous today? And I was like, no, because I think I just have to, I think I have an easy job like in this situation. But um, we were at the inlet and he got down on one knee and like did the whole thing. And um, our family dog had a bandana and it was like, will you marry my uncle? Oh, that's so cute. So we had to get the little puppy involved and she loved it. She was having so much fun like just playing in the sand because we could bring dogs on the beach at that point. So she was Mm -hmm. having the time of her life. Oh my god! Oh, that's so, so nice. cute. Yes, and the fact that like you had family there too with you, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah, good. his family had gotten there a couple hours after we did because my parents also like took a walk on the beach together and stuff. But it was funny because we were like kind of near a parking lot, and I could see his parents' car, and like the daytime running lights were on, and I was like, "Oh, that's really funny! Like, looks exactly like your parents' car." And then he was like, "Let's turn around." <laughs> um, it was only like a few minutes before. But it was just funny, like, kind of being aware of it. But, yeah, yeah it was You're like, oh, my God, cool. it's happening, it's happening. And then, mm-hmm. ah, oh, my God. Well, congratulations. Thank I'm so you. I'm so happy for you. And all the best with, like, wedding planning and all that. That's oh, going to be fun. thank you. Yeah, so I wanted to talk to you just because you not only are you doing great things in your main career of teaching, but you also are taking things that you're passionate about and turning them into not just a profit, but some, a way that you can help people too. And Mm -hmm. really like turn that into something for yourself. So it's so cool. And it's something I really admire about you and about other people who do that as well. Let's go back to the beginning. So where did you grow up? I grew up right outside of Philly. Well, not right outside about, it was a 45 minute drive outside of Philly in a town called Phoenixville. That, why does that sound familiar to me? I don't know. It's, is that near Jersey? The, yeah, it is. I so went that to might be. Ryder, which is um, like Lawrenceville, Princeton area. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think about two hours away. Okay. So never mind. I don't know what I'm thinking of. I'm like, maybe that was a town nearby, but it wasn't. <laughs> we also have either like per capita or per square mile. We have, I think, the third most bars 
in the country, like in our town. So that might be it too, because we've been in a couple of those like BuzzFeed-esque articles about um, like, where are the places to go to drink just because we have a a downtown and it's like all restaurants, all bars. And there's also like some historic things, which is cool. But yeah, I think we have the third most bars per square mile in the country. We used to be like number two and number one, but a couple of places have taken us down and especially like the bigger cities. But yeah. That's cool though. I wonder if Saratoga, that's where I'm from. They might be up there too with bars. Oh, I bet they are. I'll have to look at that list later. Interesting. So like, what kind of kid were you growing up? What did you like to do? How were you in school? I was, I loved school. Oh my gosh. I was that kid at the end of the year. I would cry. I would cry at the end of every school year. And my mom, I mean, my mom was happy, but my mom was like, you're so weird. (laughs) She's like, most kids are really happy. It's Um, summer. I, I know, but I really liked routine as a kid and I'm still kind of like that. And so I think part of it was just like the routine changing up, but I loved school. I remember going to preschool and like telling my mom, I was like, I'm going to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, okay, like that's cool. And then it never went away. So yeah. I feel really lucky. And that, and like, definitely there were times I had, I call it a, a pre-quarter life crisis in college where I was like, I don't know if I want to be a teacher still. I don't know what to do, but I was already like really far into the program. And my dad was like, I mean, yeah, like stick it out. You know, like, I think you'd be good at it. I taught swim lessons. I'm glad that I kept doing what I was doing and stuck it out. But like, I definitely had moments like as a young adult where I was like, I don't know if this is for me, but then, and even now I'm like, I couldn't really see myself aside from like my couple like side things I'm doing now. Like I couldn't see myself doing anything else Mm -hmm. in that way. But I have a sister. She's only 19 months younger than me. So we we're really close. We swam competitively for a really long time until, well, we swam competitively in high school, but we were on a pretty competitive club team until like ninth or 10th grade. So we swam together. We would lifeguard. I spent so many summers just like in my town and you, you can pretty much walk everywhere, especially where I live. So I would like walk with my dad a lot. We would walk downtown a lot for dinner. I like to say I was, I don't know, I was kind of a boring kid in a way, but like very typical small town. Yeah. You know, everybody worked at either like the ice cream place or the grocery store, or the local YMCA. So you were always like running into people, but it yeah. was definitely nice. And like, mm-hmm. I feel really lucky. Oh, good. I'm glad. And even what you were saying before about, you know, loving teaching as a kid and knowing that's what you wanted to do. And I think that's important to remember is obviously as you grow up, you're going to change and even if your goals stay the same, there's going to be bad days. You're going to, there's going to oh, be days yeah. where you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this. But I think it's important to like reflect and really be mindful of like, all right, is this just a bad day? Or is maybe I've changed completely and this isn't what I want to do. But there mm-hmm. is a difference there. And I think even if it's something as simple as like going to college, it's like nothing is going to be perfect every day, no matter what you oh, do, yeah. no matter how much you love it. I've le- had to learn that a few times in life too, but it's something that is something to keep in mind. Yeah. And I mean, I remember people always saying like student teaching is going to be so hard and your first year of teaching is going to be so hard. I love student teaching. It was like the greatest semester I'd ever had. And I, well, I mean, I think what helped was I had a great co-op. I still talk to her. She's actually one of the first people outside. She was the first person outside of my family that I texted Mm. Um, because we'd met up at the beach a couple years ago and she would always like give my fiance now like crap she'd be like when are you guys getting married like when are you getting engaged so we still talk like I had a great mentor and also I think what helped was we had 30 inches of snow like my first week oh my god and so I got like two days off and I just like planned and then they were taking their midterm so I also was able to like get ahead but I enjoyed it a lot in my first year teaching I don't want to say it wasn't difficult but it was like it came in waves my second year teaching, I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? Like, is this even my path? Should I even be doing this? Like, I remember my second year teaching was the hardest. And I feel like now I'm in my fifth year. Like you said, you have days where it's tough, but it's definitely like, I've come to a point where I'm like, no, this is, it's a bad day or not even a bad day. It's like, it was a harder day, but it's not like a difficult thing to wake up and do. It's just not every day is a great day. Absolutely. And even if one little bad thing happens, like I know this for myself too, like that can affect your whole day, but you got to stop yourself and like not let that happen. Maybe you're dealing with one kid or like one teacher, one parent. Sure, that's going to affect you, but it's like, okay, this is what I have to do today. And like, here's how I'm going to do it and try to like shift that mindset. Easier said than done, but I know it's important. Oh no, I feel, I feel lucky the kids I have because like, 
yeah, there are days where like, we're not going to be like connecting or we're all tired or they have a lot to do. And especially with COVID and I, I tell them this every year, but especially this year, I was like, I don't know what happens when you go home. I don't know if you had to teach your sibling like long division this summer because they didn't learn that and now they need it especially like back in March and April, like so much could change. And even now it can, but even so I'm like, just because your life looks a certain way this week, like doesn't mean it's going to look this way next week. Mm. And I've always said that, but like, especially now I'm like, you don't have to tell me your life story. Sometimes you may not be comfortable, but like, you can tell me if you need something and like, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Cause I remember, you know, my grandma a couple years ago, she had three surgeries in 10 months and two were like emergent procedures and she's, she's all good. She's doing great. But I remember like not knowing that. And then like in two weeks, like my whole world got flipped upside down. Right. Like having friends that were like, well, why can't you go out? And my sister and I like paid the deductible for one of her surgeries. It wasn't like anything crazy, but like we paid for it, gave money to our parents, had her living with us. And yeah, she was fine, like alone and she could do a lot by herself. But I was like, I'm not just going to like leave all the time. If that, And like, I was, you know, when I come home from work, I'm going to try to stay home. But like, we had friends that like, didn't get like, well, why can't you just come out? Or why aren't you going to spend money on this? And so I remember, remember like what it felt like yeah. to have my world like flipped upside down for all intents and purposes. So I, and especially with a pandemic, I'm like, whatever you need, like, just let me know. Like, good. Good. That's how a teacher should be. Cause there is an aspect obviously where it's like dealing with the grades and the tests and all that. But like, as you know, you're dealing with real people and people who mm-hmm. are growing up and trying to figure out the world as you know, we all are, but especially, I mean, it's high school you teach, correct? Yeah. Yeah. It's high school. So God, like they're just at the beginning, they're trying to figure it all out and they need someone who could just be there for them with that, whatever they need. So that's great that you have really taken that initiative and that's, that's what a teacher should do. I know I try and it's just it's so much harder than it was even like 10 years ago Mm. like I just feel like when I was going to college it was like okay you want to apply to college and you're not trying to go to like an Ivy League you're trying to go to like like a regular college university they were like okay great like go ahead sounds good and I feel like because of the push for college it's more expensive there's like less money to go around so like these kids will apply for financial aid and like 10 years ago would have gotten money from FAFSA and they're like, I get nothing. And like, I kind of yeah. need it. There's just not as many seats available. And so it's not enough to be like, I was like a B plus average student and I didn't have any issues with like applying to college. Whereas these kids, it's like, they have to like have a, over a 4.0 now. Cause you can have a weighted GPA and they have to like speak three languages, save someone's life, like volunteer, <laughs> also have a job, also do extracurriculars also be like the captain of a sport but then play an instrument and I just like and I tell them this like somebody just needs to tell you that like what you are doing like are you trying your best like that is good enough and it doesn't always feel like it and it's like easy for me to say because I'm not the one that's giving them a college acceptance or like they're not dependent and looking for me to like give them that official letter or anything I don't know someone needs to tell them that like what they're doing is good enough and that they're trying their best and I know that For some kids, maybe there's not a ton of people doing that, but I know for other kids too, like there's a lot of people doing that for them, but sometimes it's different when it's not like your friend, your parent, you know, someone close to you. But I'm like, I see them and like, I know they're doing their best. And I'm like, I feel like sometimes like that is enough. (laughs) It totally is. And like, what good is it doing to be doing literally everything you possibly can? If you're not passionate about it, like, sure, you're going to learn something from everything you do. But why not focus on the things that you're like passionate on instead and see how you could help people and not just try to be the top of like every little extracurricular and like captain of this, captain of that, whatever, you know, like what good is that actually going to do? Like that just frustrates me that that's how the system is right now. I know. Well, and even too, like it costs so much money for like not only taking standardized tests, but then they have to like pay for the application and then pay to send their scores. And I remember and actually, I told them this today, and they were they were like, no way. But it was true. Like, we had our first five SAT scores. You could send them for free. And, like, the college yeah. board just gave that to you. And they were mm. like, are you kidding me? And I was like, no. Like, they just did that. And they were like, we always have to pay per score. And I said, I was like, and you guys have to take the test more than once. I probably should have taken it a second time. But I was like, I took it once. And I was like, well, okay. Because yeah. it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal. You're right. So just, yeah. I'm hoping There's- the the switch will flick like everything's cyclical and circular and that eventually the other shoe will drop. But it's just, it's so hard because genuinely like trying your best isn't good enough anymore. 
And that's a scary thing because there's so many kids out there who only have control over what they can do. Their outside resources or what their where their family comes from, they don't have control over that. But right. they need to, like they need to like do what they can to better their own futures. It's sickening that sometimes it, it comes down to money or mm-hmm. or like parents who can like pay for this and that and like help them out. And sure, that's great for those people. But there's so many kids who don't have those resources. They need the help and they can get it and they can shine when they get it, but they need the resources. Yeah. And it's like resources that shouldn't hold them back. Exactly. Yeah. Like they're available. They're everywhere. So why can't we help out these kids? Exactly. It's just, I lose my voice talking about it sometimes because I just get so (laughs) heated and my, my family friends are like, it's important, but at the same time, they're like, don't like lose your voice over it. I know. But I'm like, I can't help it. God, but yeah, like, why are you in a position where you have to be screaming about it in the first place, though? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, kids deserve an equal chance no matter where they come from. Um, oh, yeah. But going off of that, so you said you're about to teach the literature of social justice to your students. Mm-hmm. So I yep. was like, wow, that sounds like a course I would love to take right now. But teaching it, you got to like feel the pressure of that a little bit in today's climate, just because how crazy, obviously the world is right now and how many, I don't know, like the socioeconomic standpoints of your, your students, but you know, no matter what, like everybody's going to have a different viewpoint, even you, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's like, you have to be objective as possible, or I I would assume you would be. And it's like, yeah, to deal with. And I'm definitely intimidated. I'm excited. And I think it's also students that I've had because I do teach juniors and seniors. So it's a fair amount of students I've had in the past, which I feel like is helpful Yeah, because we have a rapport mm-hmm. and we know each other. So it's not like we're going in blind, but you know, I acknowledge even with, I'm teaching a class called women in literature and acknowledging like I'm a white woman. So I'm not going to sit here and say I'm the resident expert, but mm-hmm. I think we can use literature and books to like, help us understand things better. So it's coming kind of from that point of like how to be like a compassionate person and how to be an accepting person in like a truer sense than just like I did X, Y, Z, like to check a box. So yes, that's kind of what I'm going with it into. And I also, I'm, you know, I'm straight up telling the kids on the first day, like I don't have all the answers right. and I might not say something in the most perfect way. Mm-hmm. And it's not an excuse, but like I want it to be kind of a place and, I think, you know, with our environment, just in general, it's a really good environment where we can say like, hey, we said this and like, this is a great way to put it. But there's also like these other ways you can put it. And for these, you know, certain people you might interact with, that would be better. And like being able to say, okay, like I've learned something, you know, whether it's them telling me or me telling them like, hey, consider framing what you've said in this way when you're talking to or about this specific person, because for someone who maybe doesn't identify as male or female, like that could be triggering or that might not be the best way to like speak in terms of their experience. So my biggest thing day one is like, I don't have all the answers and, you know, especially with everything going on today, like how can we really like advocate for people and look a lot at, and actually I had a student write a speech about this three or four years ago, but it's like so prevalent today. Like what's the difference between equity versus equality? Mm-hmm. Like equality is like, everything's equal. This is great. But equity is acknowledging that like some people, their stepladder has a little more to it than other people's. And yeah. then like, how can we get everybody to not necessarily be like on the quote, like same playing field, but like you have to take into account like everybody's starting life different. So exactly. And I remember a few years ago, I was like, that's really great the way she put it. But then also like today, especially it's like, learning those differences and working together. It's more relevant than ever. And I think, you know, it is about like, of course you don't have all the answers, but like nobody does. And it's about being able to have those conversations. I think that is what is so vital in our country today. There's just so much division and it's being able to like come together and realize, hey, we're all people. I think at the end of the day, we all want the same things. We all want to like care for the people around us and be able to take care of ourselves. 
but you need to be able to, to understand where someone else is coming from. And mm-hmm. it's just being able to have those conversations and to not be screaming and yelling at each other and like just cause all this hate. It scares me in today's oh, world. Yeah. It really does. And there needs to be a change in that. So the fact that you're like taking initiative with that in your classroom, that's amazing. And I hope there are teachers all around the country who are doing that as well. I know I feel really lucky because like I know I see it and in a lot of our conversations and you know we've been talking about curriculum revisions for quite some time and continuing to do little things like we read short stories and actual books by an author named Virginia Woolf and she's a queer author Mm -hmm. so like you know doing that but then also like being aware that like there's more levels to it so also making sure that not just people with different preferences in terms of like sexual or romantic or gender but then also including race and the places that we already have it it's like okay well what can we do to make it better or make it like more prevalent Mm. and make it more relevant but also not seeming performative so this year the conversations have been a lot I feel like a lot less about okay well where can we be better but it's also like not only where can we be better but like let's make sure it's not performative like that like extra layer that's been added in which I feel like will be serving us a lot more than the conversations like it's like conversations we were already having but now they're kind of being taken to the next level and I just feel like I don't know I hope that other places are doing it and also I hope that by like being able to be in a space where we can do it it will like encourage other people too as well and I'm always so proud like I see my former students and they're like speaking out about injustices and Mm. they're just so eloquent and like they know what's up and I'm like yes like yeah that's so important it's like yeah you've done your job That's great to hear, though, because obviously this year has been so crazy and like so much has happened and you see so much hate and like negativity in the news. But the fact that you're having those conversations in your place of education and Mm -hmm. it's actually making a positive difference and like taking courses and taking classes to the next level, like that's great. That's positive change. And I think there is a lot of that happening around the country. Um, we just aren't always talking about it. So I'm happy that we have a place to talk about that here because that's something positive that is happening. And I know me too. to happen. Yeah. And the conversations you're having too are so important. And I'm like, this is just, it's so accessible too for everybody. And I'm like, it's like, oh, we need oh, more of it. But it's like, yeah. it's so cool to see it happening here. Like not yeah. just with what like you and I are doing, but what you're doing with other people too. Thank you. I mean, that's what, that's what I hope to do. So hopefully it's continuing to have more voices being heard. It's literature of social justice. So mm-hmm. is the literature you're teaching, do you know if it's like fiction, nonfiction? Like- um, everything we have, it's really nice the way we can really modify curriculum because we, um, we are a private school. There's a little less red tape in terms of like state approval like we do get audited like we have accreditation and certifications and like there are things we need to do to keep it but in a sense of like book to book like we have a lot of control and like I have a lot of control of curriculum which is I think all schools should have it especially like you have to be careful like who you're giving power to but you know just being in such a collaborative space it's so cool but we do read all they're all nonfiction. now that might change and they're all actually recent. I don't think any of the books have been published more than five years ago. But oh, wow. um, we read a book called Maid about a woman who worked as a maid. And it, she talks a lot about socioeconomics. And she was a single mom and going from homelessness to being like a freelance writer and working within like kind of her own business. And she talks a lot about like how sometimes like if you make a certain amount of money, like you're doing things with government assistance. But then if you make like over, like you get certain assistance taken away, but it like doesn't like that $5 more doesn't like necessarily set you up. And it's also the way that, yeah. (laughs) And also the way that like people would look at her in the grocery store when she was using food stamps and just, so it's a nonfiction story, but she also gets into the socioeconomics of it. And then we read, I like went on such a spiel with this book and I still do. And my sister's reading it, but it's called um, the sun to shine. And it's about Anthony Ray Hinton. He was on death row for 35 years or so, even more than that, for a crime that he didn't commit, was totally, like, very clearly innocent from the get-go. And he was actually released from death row in 2015. So it's, like, really recent. And so that's his memoir. And then we also read a book called Tattoos on the Heart, which is about homeboy industries, which is um, actually now it's a global organization. And they 
work with people who've been incarcerated and mm-hmm. also people who have been in gangs across the world, but it started in California with finding employment because it's hard to find employment after you've been incarcerated. They ask like, do you have a criminal record? And then it's like, that's almost like a death sentence, but it's for people who are trying to like do good and do good by themselves and their families. And so it's nice because we get different perspectives, not just on like socioeconomics, but we also talk a lot about race and the Jesuit priest who founded Homeboy Initiatives. He's a white man, you know, being respectful of like, you're getting a little bit of like a white man's perspective on these things, but like his stories that he tells, it's him talking about and sharing the experiences of people that he's worked with versus him like giving his point of view. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but acknowledging that, like acknowledging that, you know, we do read works and being respectful of the fact that like, if you're going to read social justice, you need different socioeconomic, different ethnicities, different races. So I didn't pick the books. Like, I wish I could take credit for it. But the books that we have are just really powerful and do a really good job of showcasing differences. And it's not just like, you know, a white person came in and like saved the world. Um, But it's also looking at different people as well. And just the different systems that are at play and showing that like, like you kind of said, it's not always just like, okay, we all do this. And like, everything's fine. Like, there's more to it. Yeah. A long-winded answer, but yeah, it's all nonfiction. But I mean, it's just these books, I actually, I read them over the summer and there were days where like, that was all I did was just read. And it mm-hmm. was, I mean, they're just such good, not just good stories, but like, there's just so much information. And then my like YouTube ended up being just all documentaries about either the authors or like people in similar situations. And the one book I think is being made into either a Netflix movie or a mini series, but it's going to be on Netflix. And so I was like in the rabbit hole of like all these different other resources too but that's also like if I feel that way like I know my students will too because I'm just like them like if something's not gonna interest me necessarily like yeah I'll read it but it is what it is but like being able to like make them at least maybe not excited to like I'm gonna go home and read but at least interested enough and will be able to do things but then they'll be able to look at things on their own and like hear from the real people it's not just like you're reading a book by somebody who lived 300 years ago like you can ask the real person, like their emails are in these books, like, hey, what did you mean by this? And like, they'll probably respond or like, you can Instagram DM some of these authors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that part's cool too. Like being able to actually talk to the authors. Yeah. I, if there's a book that really affects me, I always try to reach out to the author and tell them, (laughs) I'd say every time they've gotten back to me because I don't know, they probably don't get that that often, you know, unless it's like a bestseller or whatever, but, um, it is cool. And I think that's, you know, it's important to like tell people you're appreciative of their work, but now I'm going to have to go read all those books too. Cause that sounds like something so interesting. It either, it'll take me like months to read a book or it'll take me like three days. But if a book oh, takes I'm me three, way. yeah, if it takes me three days, it affects me and it's a good thing. And like, I love finding pieces of literature like that. So I'm going to check those out. Oh, good. Sure. You have to let me know what you think. Oh my God. I will. I will. The one you're talking about uh, helping people who have been incarcerated. I'm like getting my phone right now because I have to look it up. Um, do you listen to Armchair Expert? I don't. I've been okay. listening to though. It's Dak Shepard's podcast. I listen to it religiously. But he just had this woman on. This woman is Susan Burton. And she has a book out. It's called Becoming Miss Burton. So she, I listened to the podcast. She went to prison like six times for drugs or, you know, whatever it was. But she had like, her son was like hit by a car and died. Like she had been through traumatic, traumatic things. And then obviously found her way through like drugs and alcohol because she didn't have anything else. Found herself into trouble. But then made it through and then what she did is she now helps women who coming out of incarcerations and there's a story of this woman she talks about the day she was released from jail and she was literally just like on a bus and then they released her like out by like skid row and she's like where the hell am I supposed to go yeah and this woman Susan Burton picked her up and like brought her to this house that she has to help these people rebuild their lives and that's something that you know, you don't think about like these people, they literally get out with nothing. Mm-hmm. How is that going to help society if they can't rebuild their lives? Of course, they're going to fall back into bad behaviors. Of course they are. They have no other option. Oh, so yeah. We well, that was even, people. yeah, that was even with, um, in the sun to shine, the man who wrote it, who was incarcerated, Anthony Ray Hinton, he could have ended the book 
when he got released and been like, and I was released. But he, I, the book continues for a few chapters because he really does talk about like he was on death row, wrongfully accused, really no evidence to even like a little bit put him with this crime, but he was still hmm. found guilty, still put on death row. And when he was released, it was like, you're released have a nice day. And like, he doesn't necessarily like want the money, but he's never received any sort of federal, like wrongful accusation money or anything like that. He was just released in it. And he had a suit that his attorney had brought for him for the day that he was released. And that was it. But I mean, he had his mom passed away before he was released. He was really close with her, but he had her house, which had been abandoned because he, you know, would technically inherit the house. And he's, he since then, like, renovated it, fixed it up, lives there. But, like, he didn't have anything. So he lived with his best friend who visited him every Friday during mm. visiting hours for 30-something years. And, I mean, but if it weren't for that friend, like, you know, you're just released. And it's like, okay, like, have a nice day. And it's like, well, what do you what do? You do? Like, yeah, and you don't just... have anybody. You don't have any money. Like, what? Yeah. I don't know. I'm happy that there are people helping these people but there needs to be more just oh my gosh so yeah and like, like a system that like wants you to succeed and yeah. like is rooting for you even if you have messed up if you're not like a terrible terrible person you've made a mistake like you deserve a chance to build your life back up who am i to say that like you aren't like a good person or don't deserve redemption when like i've made so many mistakes like everybody has mm-hmm. we all have so we need to help one another anyway i could talk about this like forever i know Unless... i'm so yeah <laughs> but i'm happy i could like talk with you about this yeah sure um but let's get back to you you seem like you're so passionate about it you have a great outlook on your classroom so that's amazing what have been your most rewarding moments um as a teacher so far it was so tough i think just having students that I might not necessarily like run into them super often, but just being able to see them out in the world, yeah, whatever they're doing, and just like they're happy with what they're doing. And the fact that they aren't afraid to use their voice, like that's been rewarding where I've seen students like speak out and say like, hey, what's going on today? Like we can do a lot better and like we need to support people. Like that's been really empowering. And the fact that they're very eloquent but also like respectful at the same time yes especially because you have them their senior year so they're just about to go out into the world and the fact that you know when they do they have what you've taught them in the back of their minds and then for you to see them like put that into action that that must just be incredible and so powerful so powerful um okay I had this like silly question just because I'm curious so you're an English teacher Mm -hmm. Um, what are your biggest grammar pet peeves? I'm actually so bad. Like I'm good with grammar when I'm writing a paper for grad school or if I'm like looking at an assignment, but when it comes to like texting or things like that, I don't really notice it. I would say my biggest pet peeve though, when I'm looking is commas and especially the Oxford comma, which is the comma right before, if you're making a list like yellow, brown, and purple, it's the comma before and. Yeah. And now back when like my parents and your parents were in school, they weren't taught to use the Oxford comma, so they don't use it. It's not wrong, but that's a big pet peeve of mine. My sister was a communications major, and I remember I was reading over a paper for her, and she wasn't using the, the Oxford comma, and I was, like, commenting. And I was like, put the Oxford comma in, like, it was your friend. But for her, as a communications major, the character count is what's important. So, like, that comma is an unnecessary character count, and I didn't even think about it from that perspective. Yeah. So that's kind of a pet peeve for me. And also the two spaces after a period, because that was, again, what our parents were taught and they still do it in like emails and stuff. But I'm like, it's only one space. What? I have never even heard of that. It looks weird. Like if you get an email, you can tell there's like an awkward spacing, but it's like 30, 40 years ago. That was what was like the correct thing to do. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to look more closely at my emails from my bosses and stuff and see (laughs) See if they use that. Like on a paper, it doesn't look as awkward if it's like a long form paper, but on emails, it just looks like there's all this random white space where there should be letters. And I'm like, this makes no sense. I know. <laughs> that is so frustrating. Oh my God. I'm like simple, but even like the, the yours, like I've mm-hmm. used the right one. Like, come on. Like we, but especially with autocorrect. I'm like, it does it for you. 
Yeah. And the thing is, that's like a known grammar pet peeve. So like you see it everywhere. So if you're seeing it, take two seconds to learn which one to use. And then (laughs) I don't know. It's frustrating, but whatever. So you are obviously super busy. You're teaching every day. You have been. But then recently you decided to become a spin instructor as well. Yeah, I just I just love not piling things on, but <laughs> keeping, I don't know. I'm finishing up grad school and it was so funny because my I was like I'm so excited because I was like, I'm finally gonna have like free time again. And my mom was like, Yeah, I'm sure you'll like do something like I'm sure you will like fill that time and then I started teaching classes virtually and she's like I knew it but it's like things that I'm like excited about so it's definitely different but yeah so when did uh spin come into your life I started spinning in March of 2018 so almost I guess almost three years ago a studio and they don't just do spin they do like boxing pilates bar they do a lot but a studio opened up a couple miles from my house and i always heard about rhythmic spin but i couldn't you know there's not a soul cycle nearby and i was like i can't afford soul cycle and i'm a runner and i ran in college and i wanted to do something like kind of in the off season because you do have to give your body a break um because yeah. i still race and i was like oh like the rhythmic spin studio like a spin class would be great during these like in between times where like there's a couple weeks a year that I'll take off from running. So I was like, that'll be great for that time. I walked into class. First class was free. I was 10 minutes into class and I was like, I need to do this like regularly. Like this yeah. can't just be like a couple weeks thing. And I've just been spinning ever since. And, you know, I would not sit on a stationary bike, but if you throw some like push ups and some crunches in it, I'm there and it's exactly. just, it's Ugh. so different. Yeah. It's so different. And it's so like, I love spin too. And I, I teach it as well. And like you, the fact that you can, you're sitting on a bike, but there's so much you could do just like mm-hmm. even in that one, one position technically. And it's just, it's such a crazy workout and I love it. So from my experiences, teaching has just been so cool. Just, you know, to see people working and like giving it their all. And, and the fact that like you're providing that motivation for them or maybe helping them feel stronger in their day, that's so rewarding for me. And I'm be interested to hear like what your experiences have been with that. Wait, so have you, have you taught in person yet? I haven't. So it's okay. definitely like, I was just going to say, it's definitely... <laughs> different I and well I feel like it would be different because like I'm not feeding directly off of people and sometimes like don't get me wrong it's like kind of not hard but I'm like I remember a couple times I would log on to Instagram and there were times where like I would log in I teach at seven at night on eastern time so I would log in at like 6 58 I'd have everything set up I'd be playing music and it would be like you know okay you started your live and I was like okay cool and they'd be like hang tight like we're letting your followers know you're on live and I was like okay and then I, it would be like, hang tight. Like, we're letting your followers. I was like, am I just going to do this for no one? I was like, you know, I know. yeah. Like, you know, people either, like I do have a couple friends that have bikes at home and they do the classes. And then I've had people that I know that are just like, I like the music or like, cause not everybody has, you know, a bike at home. Or I actually have a friend who lives on the West coast who does like hit to it. So depending on the beat of the song, oh, but even cool. like, some sort of like, whether it's, someone's going for a walk and it makes their walk go by faster or even just being able to like listen to new songs or listen to new music. That's been helpful too, because with teaching in person, like everybody's getting like the spin experience, but it's kind of been nice hearing from people where they might not be spinning, but like there's something else that they're able to get out of it. And that's why I said, as long as someone can get something out of it and and I would love to teach in person, Mm -hmm. I would love to. I got my certification the week before the mandatory shutdown. Oh my God. Um, which was just, and I, I mean, I got the certification. I didn't have a specific job opening, you know, my local studio, I would love to teach there. Like every time I go there, my heart is just so full and it's just such an amazing place. And there's another studio, maybe like a half an hour away from my house. And they've actually been doing virtual Mm-hmm. and they weren't looking for virtual spin instructors, but I have put my, my resume and my certification in. So if they do want to start doing virtual spin classes, like I have a bike at my house, I'm able to do it. But I realized going into it, I would love to teach a studio in person and I still would love to do it. But now that I've done these virtual classes, I'm like, man, I just really love like doing it. And I feel like that's more important than that external piece of it where it's yeah. like you're doing it, you're in person, you're getting paid. 
Like I would do it for free on Instagram forever until I die. Wow. Well, that's great. But that's what you want again out of a teacher. It's just the fact that you're passionate about it. Of course, it's great to like monetize it eventually. But if you can have that energy alone, like in your basement or wherever you are, people are going to get out of this what they do. That's great. Because again, it's like for you too. And that's not anything to be ashamed of. We were saying earlier, like you should be doing things that you're passionate about because that's how you're going to affect other people in a positive way. So the fact Mm -hmm. that you can like do this and like make a career out of it, like that's, that's the goal. And I've had a lot of fun. I remember at first I was like, I just got to do it. I've just got to start teaching on Instagram live. And especially, you know, I've never taught at another studio. So this is almost like my like audition, if you will. True. But I remember, I remember talking to my, my fiance now, so weird, but like my Mm -hmm. boyfriend and I was like, I'm going to be like twerking on a bike, like on Instagram. And like, that's kind of like, not like what people expect on like an Instagram. And he was like, you got to do it. You want to do it. And he's like, honestly, like it shows a lot about you, like that you're just willing to like be who you are and like do what you love and do what you like to do. And I was expecting him to be like, yeah, like it'll be a little weird. But even he was like, no, like you need to do it. And I was like, wow, man, I really do need to do it. And it's just, it's been a lot of fun. My bike is actually broken. No. I got a, I got it for like basically for free because I ordered hockey tickets. COVID hit. Didn't get a refund because I got it through Groupon, but I got Groupon bucks Ooh. and they had a bike. So I basically got the bike for free, but it was a very cheap bike. I replaced the pedals and the one screw that's like physically attached to the bike is stripped. I, it, I, it wasn't meant for rhythmic spin. It just wasn't. Mm-hmm. But it lasted me. I've had it since right after St. Patrick's Day. So it lasted for a long time. And even like when I teach, you know, in the next up- upcoming weeks, because my bike is shipping, it's on its way. I can still teach. I just, you know, we'll have to model it standing versus modeling it on the bike. Um, so I'm not worried about the teaching aspect of it. But you know, it's about time I got something a little nicer than this like $150 <laughs> bike that you're just meant to like sit and pedal and like, and you gotcha. can get a great workout doing that. But the bike was not meant for rhythmic spin. <laughs> I got you. Well, hey, you're adjusting. And I think it's so great that you know, you got your certification right before COVID, but that you didn't stop. You were like, no, I'm gonna still find a way to do this. I'm gonna adapt Mm -hmm. to the world around me. And you did. And it's creating such success for you. And you're getting enjoyment out of it too. And that's such an important lesson. Like, of course, things are gonna happen. I mean, hopefully in the future, it won't be like another pandemic, but like things are gonna happen and you just have to adjust and adapt and still get yours, you know? Yeah, no, that's so true. And I also just, I mean, people have been working out at home and working out virtually, like Peloton's been around for so long, but there really is something for the time that you save with virtual instruction. Like there's, don't get me wrong. I went to a spin class last night. There's nothing like the community. There's nothing like riding, even though we're distant and we're wearing masks and following protocol, but like, there's nothing still like riding with people. And after class, you can stand outside and like still talk to each other, or at least like even just wave. But there is something for even last week, I put on music and right before seven, I was putting laundry in the dryer because I'm in my garage teaching. I was able to put laundry in the dryer and teach the class. And there was something to be said for like that efficiency of time because not everybody can take that extra like 45 minutes depending on how long your commute is to a studio. Um, And it's giving people that time back. And it's also discipline on your end too because- you're in your home, you know, you're doing your laundry, but the fact that you are keeping on a schedule and really doing this, yeah, but it's also empowerment too. mm -hmm. Yeah. And there definitely are times where I'm like, Oh, like I would love to just like lay on the couch. But once we get started, like every week, I've never, I've never regretted having to do it. Yeah. I'm the same way with my classes. Like there are some days where I'm like, I really just don't want to work out today. But like, I, mm-hmm. you have to. And but once yeah. you do that, and you once you do it and get there, you're like, okay, now I feel great. I feel so much better now. So it's good motivation for sure yeah. for you and for the people in the class. You never feel bad after a workout. I exactly. always keep that in the back of my mind because it's so true. I always say that, and I'm you know even if it's not necessarily like, and I struggle with this, but like making sure that it might not be the workout you planned, but like moving your body is still something and it's something to be celebrated. Absolutely. It is. What are your goals for the future for your instruction? Like, how are you looking to grow it? It's actually funny. I was talking to my sister's boyfriend about this because he's actually started his side hustle and he was like, you know, you should make a website. And he 
actually does that as a part of his side hustle now. So I would really like to make a website, including like introduction videos, but also because I had a friend who took the class and was like, hey, week one, like that was awesome. But like I, and you know, she's able to follow along with the movements, but she was like, you know, some of these movements, like I just learned because I, you said you, we were going to do something. I watched you do it. And I was like, okay, this is what this must mean. So having videos showing like, this is an army crawl. This is a tap back this is what this means. This is what a quick constant is. So, you know, having a place where people can go for the introductions. Yeah. So then when they take the class, they're a little more prepared. Yeah. Um, right now I've been playing with the Instagram algorithm, which has definitely been interesting and just, you know, not only doing the lives, but I'm like making sure Fridays, the classes are getting posted, but making sure like I'm timely about it and people kind of know about what time to expect things. So that's been interesting. And then I think in the future too, having um, like audio classes for people who, you know, sometimes you might not. And I know, you know, I had to set up like a separate table with the bike if I was like doing a video and not everybody has like a stand on their bike for a device where they can watch a video. So also doing like audio classes because sometimes it's just a little easier to do that. I um, like that. On where you're working out. So those are my plans. And the audio classes I've been playing with SoundCloud, you know, be able to like email people if they want the class. And so they have a link and then they can, you know, take the class on their own time. They don't have to wait for like Thursday or Friday. I and then like I'd, love that. To, I'd love to teach it. There's a couple studios in my area that I'd love to teach at. Yeah. And if you can combine the in-person classes and the online, I think that'll just help you grow so tremendously because mm-hmm. then you're going to be getting more clientele. And they'll follow along, you know, with your online stuff as well. So that's great. You're already in the mindset, you know, you're growing, you're thinking of ways to grow and you're keeping it consistent with what you're doing. And I think those are two main factors for success, growth and consistency. Good for you for thinking on those paths. And I can't wait to see like you actually do it. Oh, thank you. I'm excited. I'm just, I'm excited for the ride. I, I was even already thinking like in the summer, if everything's at least back to like some sort of new normal or if traveling's okay again. I was like, I'd love to have a pre-recorded class, whether it's audio, video, or even both. And then when I'm at the beach, it's not like, oh, well, like it's Thursday, but I'm at the beach. So like, haha. It's like, it's Thursday. I'm at the beach. Here's a video. Like yes. it's on IGTV, use it whenever. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's so great about social media too, is we can literally like do our jobs from wherever. It's cool. And that makes it kind of fun. It's like, hey, guys, Mm -hmm. I'm at the beach today. Like, guess where I am? Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Right. (laughs) So what about, obviously, you deal with a lot, whether it's at work or at home or whatever you're doing. Obviously, we all are going through a lot all the time. Maintaining physical health is so vital, but also mental health as well. How do you keep your mental health in, in good shape, too? I'm running circles in my neighborhood. Really? Yeah. So it's physical for you, too. Yeah, running has always just been different. And I mean, you know, I swam for 10 years and that's a pretty like cardio heavy sport and you're you're on a team, but you're also like in your head. My event was the 500, which is 20 laps. Oh my God. Um, and yeah, so it's just like, it's time in your head. And so I've always been an endurance athlete. I really don't have many fast switch muscles. Mm-hmm. My sister has always been the one where like, like I ran in college and if we were to do a sprint, like she would be, and she's in good shape, but like you would expect me to be the one that won as like, oh, you ran in college, but like she will beat me at 10 times out of 10. Okay, um, yeah. So for me, I get the most mental clarity when I'm running. I mean, exercise, no matter what is like your thing, whether it's running mm-hmm. or spin or like dance, it can be such an outlet mentally. And it's just, oh, mm-hmm. you find such clarity. And that's just like so beautiful because for me, it's dancing. Like I know when I dance, like I find like the purest form of myself in my thoughts as like cheesy as that sounds, but it's so true. And it's like, wow, like that's so cool. That something you could do with your physical body can help you achieve these great thoughts or this great mm-hmm. clarity. It's important. There's so many different ways you can, for my, my sister, for her, it's yoga. Mm-hmm. She will wake up at 6.30 on the weekend to go to a 7 a.m. sunrise yoga class without fail. I mean, for really, her. the only reason she wouldn't do it is if there's like a snowstorm and even then like she'll, she'll do her own flow at home. So for her, it's yoga, but everybody has, you know, different things and it's so hard to do, but I think just being purposeful about like working it into 
your schedule as best as you can is also important because everybody needs time to recharge. Oh yeah. Especially with planning, like our days are so busy, but you have to schedule that time for yourself no matter what is going Mm -hmm. on. Cause I I don't know about you, but I feel it when I don't even like this past week, honestly, like I've been busy and like been so in my head about different things in my life. And I haven't taken the time to actually take care of myself. And I'm like, wait a second, I need to stop. And like, regroup here because we're just on a train that's not stopping and we're gonna crash if we don't you know mm-hmm. it's oh, so yeah. important when it's so funny because even like scheduling certain things like I remember when my sister first started working she'd be like wow like you know you like have to run after work and I'm like yeah like I do and she was like okay and she when she started working full-time after like six months she was like I get it like yeah you do need that. And again, for some people, it's not necessarily like that type of activity. It's different, but it's, and it's hard. And like, I don't know, I also have been trying to find that balance too, where like sometimes when our body tells us we need a break, or if we're thinking about like, there have been times where like, I've tried to run, I've been thinking about everything going on in my life. And I'm like, why am I trying to torture myself? Giving yourself that grace to say, Hey, there's a lot going on. And like, I'm in my head right now let me just like deal with it um, and not necessarily have to move my body in a certain way physically, like is also just so important. Got to put yourself first always and not being afraid to do that too. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the world can make you think like you have to get a million things done, but they're not going to be done well if you can't do them, you know, with your head on straight. So exactly. I mean, aside from those two things, okay. You are also a resume expert on Indeed, right? Uh, yeah, I, again, I'm just like throwing my mom was like, I knew, like I told you, like I knew when you were done grad school, you'd figure out like something <laughs> else to do. But yeah, yeah. Um, I critique resumes for Indeed and that's, it's different. Like I'm used to getting resumes from people and critiquing them like on the document itself and then providing feedback with Indeed. It's more video based and you screen record and like, it's more showing versus like, Hey, I did this for you. And like, here's what I did. So it's been a different format, but I really do like it because I feel like I actually get to like know the person. Yeah, that's interesting. So what would you say like some quick little do's and don'ts would be for, for a resume? Oh, I love this. I could talk about resumes all day. I would definitely recommend your job descriptions, use action verbs to start each bullet point. Like make sure, I've seen a lot of people, they write paragraphs you want to bullet point it and you want to start with action verbs. So like as a teacher, I would say like collaborate with other faculty members to create assessments, essential questions, like whatever it is, Mm -hmm. Um, making sure that for your job descriptions, it's bullet points and you're starting with some sort of action verb and formatting, like making sure your formatting is consistent and don't be afraid to make the margins on your word document, the narrow. So the 0.5 margins instead of the one inch margins because you're able to not cram a lot of information onto one page of a Word document, but you're able to just fit more. Telling a friend, because she was like, I like have all this information. I want my resume. And you're going to get to a point in your professional career where you're going to have a longer than one page resume and that's okay. But it's like how to be purposeful with your resume. And I was like 0.5 margins. It doesn't seem like a lot, but it does a lot. Hmm, interesting. I got to remember that too. Wow. So you really have like so much going on in your day. So like how, how do you find the time to like balance it all and take care of yourself at the same time? It's honestly, I think having been in grad school part-time and working full-time, it really taught me just like how much time we spend doing things for other people. And that's important. Like we don't exist in isolation sure. as humans, but for a few years, like I would be working and teaching and serving. And then I would come home. I would like squeeze in a run. And then I would do work until like 11 o'clock midnight. And I was like, I'm just doing this work and I'm not really like finding joy in it. It seems like a lot. And there are days where it, it is a lot, but I'm still doing less work than when I was teaching and in grad school. So that's been nice in a way. Time management, I mean, every says time management, but not procrastinating in specifics. And it's definitely a process and it's something that I feel like everybody has to learn and learn like what exactly not procrastinating means for them. But for me, it's knowing I have a deadline and whatever that deadline is, setting a new deadline for like three days before it's due and Mm -hmm. saying, okay, I need this done by Friday, but I'm going to get it done by Tuesday. 
Yeah. And you know, that doesn't mean if Tuesday rolls around and I'm not quite done, I'm going to beat myself up, but then I know like I'll probably get it done Wednesday. I'm so bad at that too. (laughs) I, it took me, it definitely took me a few years. Like I remember really until I was like 2021, I would wait until the last minute and I would like write a 10 page paper all in one day. And I'd be like, why did I do this to myself? I know. Um, And I think part of it was my brain. Like I would just like write all at once. And now I'm a lot better at like taking things and writing in pieces, you know, setting those due dates. And I am lucky in a sense that like, there are some days where I don't have any grading to do. And so during a prep period, like I can look at two resumes. It is nice in that remote work where like, I can look at like one or two during some days and that's been really helpful too. Yeah. It's really making the most of like the time you have and not being afraid to schedule things because I think a key to success is scheduling and planning and even like a little bit in your personal life too, you know, like, like, Oh, I'm going to have coffee with a friend here. I'm going to see this guy here. And it's like, it feels weird scheduling that a little bit, but it's like, if you can make the time and make the most out of that time, then you'll be able to be successful in all areas of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I definitely make like my work weeks are my work weeks. Mm-hmm. So like Monday through Friday, don't get me wrong, like at the end of the night and I have to get a little bit better about like how I do this. Cause I'm still staying up a little later than I want, but like unwinding and whether that means not like I'll, I'll always be like, Oh, I can look at one more page or I can look at one more resume. And then oh, yeah. that'll turn into like two or three holding myself accountable to those hard deadlines. But my work weeks are largely my work weeks. Like I don't really go out. And even on Friday nights, like sometimes I'll go out, but a lot of times on Fridays, like I'm staying in and mm-hmm. prioritizing work. And that doesn't just mean I'm working all the time, but like I'm trying to put myself like each day kind of in a position to succeed in the next. And during the week, it means like not necessarily going out unless yeah. it's like I'm doing something like with my mom or with my sister and, you know, she also gets up and works out before work. So, you know, I, we kind of have that understanding that like, okay, we're both, we both have things to do tomorrow, like work-wise and being able to have those mutual priorities, but yeah, making the work week, the work week has been helpful because then it, it almost separates it. And so, you know, sometimes I do have to do a little bit of work on the weekends, but it's like, it doesn't feel rushed it's more like I'm making this proactive choice and, you know, looking at it in that way has also been helpful. I agree. 100%. It's time management and discipline and then you can have fun too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, One more question. Like we've talked about it. We've touched on it. You have such like an overarching goal in your life of like helping other people and having us all be seen for who we are. I mean, what would you say is your ultimate goal in your work? I want, whether it's teaching high schoolers, whether it's with resumes or whether it's with spin or just in life in general, I want the people that I interact with to feel seen Mm. and to feel heard because I've had times where, you know, I feel like I'm in a room and it's a white room and there's all these people and I'm like shouting and nobody hears me and I know how awful that feels. So I want the people in my life, whether it's professional or personal, to feel like they're seen and they're heard. Because I think so often there's so much noise in the world. And especially with just how connected we are, it's like a double-edged sword where it's good because we're connected, but also it can be bad. And I just want people to know that there's somebody that hears them, even when they feel like there's not. Wow. I love that. And yeah, that is so incredibly important. And um and that's just so beautiful that that is the main thing you want to do is just make sure they know that you're a person that they could come to because mm-hmm. that's what we all need at the end of the day is just somebody we could talk to. So yeah, we all need great. a person. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so not that's perfect. Great. Like I definitely have of better course. days and bad and not so good days, but I think yeah. it's also just like being willing to like sit in that. Like some days are going to, I'm going to be really good at doing that. And some days I'm not, and that's not necessarily like, okay, but like, it's okay to, like have grace and be better, like know that we can be, you know, we can be better. If you don't make mistakes, you're not learning anything. I think Mm -hmm. so you learn and you move on and create some good in this world. That's all we can do. 
Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you for making your voice heard today. I really thank appreciate it. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Oh my oh gosh. Thank you God. so much. Of course. Yeah. You have such great things to say. And I really had such a fun time chatting with you. Like I probably wouldn't have had this conversation anywhere else today. So I appreciate it. I know. Me it. too. I really do. It's so cliche, but like, I really do feel like the time blew by. We, yeah. Oh my God. It's been like an hour and a half almost. That's crazy. Oh my gosh. This is amazing. <laughs> Well, yeah, thank you. And uh, tell people like where they can find you, where they can take your classes online. Oh, thank you. Um, Instagram is where I really sit in and live. And that's where the classes are since I don't have like a website or anything yet. And also it's, you know, it's free. Like it's a free service and you, you need internet, you need a device. So it's not 100% free, but like it's a pretty free service. And I want to keep that as free as, you know, can be. So um, my Instagram is at Amanda underscore and it's the first few letters of my last name so it's amanda underscore s-i-e-r-z and that's where spin classes are that's where i am i also like to share like resources um books that i'm teaching that are impactful books that maybe i'm not teaching but found that are insightful and you know also just making sure that other people get to have a voice and have a say yeah i'm gonna be probably friday i'll be spinning again i want to like go to the gym and take your class before my class. He's so exciting. Yes, I'll definitely let me know how it is. Oh, you have to let me know what you think. Oh my God, absolutely, of course. Thank you so much again. I had so much fun. No, honestly, oh my God, I'm I'm not just saying this. Like, I love your podcast, so. Thank you. uh, I listen to it when I run and even like today. Oh, that means a lot. Okay. Even today, I was like, we had um, someone I work with getting married. So we had a little thing after school for her and I was like, oh my God, like I'm so sore. The spin class I took yesterday, was like a boy band theme ride. And it was just so, it was so good, but so hard. And I was like, I'm so sore, but like I wanted to like get the lactic acid moving. And I put on your podcast and I like, I literally, my watch beeped and I was like, are you kidding me? Like I'm done. Like, oh my God, that makes me so happy. It was so good. I mean, they all are, but it just like, it puts you in a good headspace. You just feel like energetic and it's, so good good. oh thank you I really appreciate that there's like some cool ones coming up too so I'm so excited oh I'm so excited I'm such like a fangirl too I'm so excited (laughs) oh my god you do a lot too like with your job and with spin instructing yeah I mean I I try you know I think we're probably very similar in that way Mm -hmm. but um I mean I like it you know it's tough some days but like I'd rather be super busy than than not so exactly and I feel like it makes the days like there are definitely days where I'm like oh shoot like I like I should do something, but it's like, no, like it makes those days like worth it. It does. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Oh my God. This was so lovely. I'm so I'm happy, so happy did we it. did this. Oh, yes. me too. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. You have a good night and congratulations again. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.